What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian MMA Podcast. I am your host, and my name is John, and this week we are back with episode 99, where we will be analyzing and predicting the UFC fight night going down this Saturday night, May 30th, 2020, headlined by Tyron Woodley versus Gilbert Burns. This 11-fight card will take place at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas. It has been reported that the UFC will be using the smaller 25-foot cage as opposed to the traditional 30-foot cage for most UFC events. The small cage is all often featured on the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series and the Ultimate Fighter. And there's a slight difference in statistics for the fights. I think that submissions are a little more likely and knockouts are less likely, but that's also taking into fact that it's the Contender Series and the Ultimate Fighter. So overall, I don't think the small cage will have that much of an advantage on these fights, although I will point out a few matchups where I think it has the potential to affect it. And we also just had a fight get canceled. The Kevin Holland fight has been canceled with uh, Rodriguez, but they did get a replacement, Gabriel Green, to come in and fight Rodriguez on short notice. So we will break that fight down later in the card. But this is the updated card as of Tuesday. And a lot could change, though, between now and Friday, especially with the virus going on. People could test positive. People could miss weight. So this is the updated 11 fight card as of Tuesday, and uh, maybe check to see if any fights have been canceled before listening. But we'll start things off in the featherweight division where we have Chris Gutierrez taking on Vince Morales. Gutierrez opened up as the minus 150 favorite to Morales at plus 110. And right now we are seeing a near pick'em fight with Gutierrez minus 115 to Morales minus 105. So the early action actually came in on Gutierrez here. Uh, I think Morales was at plus 170 at one point, and all the betters who came in on that price is definitely a good price. Where it's at now, I think the value is definitely gone from Morales, and uh, the value would now be on Gutierrez, honestly, because I think this fight really comes down to if Gutierrez leg kicks. I mean, that seems to be a huge problem of Morales is getting calf kicked. It happened a lot in, in his most recent fight uh, against Benito Lopez. Benito Lopez is not a really prolific striker, and he actually gave Morales a lot of trouble on the feet. When Morales would pressure and throw punches in combinations, he was able to outbox and meet, beat Morales. And I did think he uh, deserved to get the decision over Lopez, but Lopez was fighting in his hometown and kind of got a hometown decision in that one. I think Morales' biggest problem so far has just been an inconsistent volume throughout his fights. He tends to take some f a few minutes off during fights. He maybe doesn't uh, really wake up until the later rounds, like versus Song Yudong. He lo lost the first two rounds of that fight and then started to pick it up and win round three uh, later on in the fight. He had a pretty underwhelming performance against uh, Zahabi as well, getting a decision win in that one. So I don't think we've really seen the best from Morales uh, throughout his career so far. And Gutierrez, uh, he's honestly impressed me a little bit. But I think that uh, he's the better striker here. He can strike from both stances. He's really switching up that orthodox and southpaw striking a lot. That's going to give Morales some trouble here because he's going to be able to hide that leg kick behind switching stances. And Gutierrez's striking overall is solid. I'm impressed with his boxing. And I think that his takedown defense showed uh, some good improvements in his last fight. He got taken down a few times by Geraldo De Freitas, but was able to get back up to his feet and land the more damaging strikes on the feet and win two of the three rounds of that fight so again the fight really comes down to if Gutierrez leg kicks I think that if he does I think uh, Morales really struggles his his movement will be limited and he will eventually get outstruck by Gutierrez and if Morales is able to avoid the leg kick he's able to pressure Gutierrez start throwing those punches in combination 
and being the fighter who's leading in this fight, I think that we could see Morales win this one. So I see why it's a pick and price. I definitely think it's going to be a really competitive fight. I do think it goes to the scorecards, and I think it has a high potential for being a split decision. So I see why the people came in on Morales at that plus money, but right now I think it's Gutierrez or pass. Um, so I'll, I'll pick Gutierrez to win this one by decision, but not a very confident pick. And the people who got in on Morales at plus money, I think it's a good bet. So I'll probably stay away from this one in the betting window because I think it'll just be too close. And the official pick will be Gutierrez by decision. The next fight takes place in the Bantamweight division. We have Casey Kenny taking on Luis Smolka. The opening betting line for this one was Kenny minus 280, Smolka plus 200. Right now we are seeing Kenny minus 290 to Smolka plus 245. So despite Casey Kenny being the the big favorite, he's still getting some pretty steady action on him. The early action came in on Smolka, but people have just been steady betting Kenny down for the past week. And I really do understand why. I think this is a very good matchup for Casey Kenny. He's actually had a really tough run in the UFC so far, and I think this is definitely his most forgiving matchup. Kenny has fought some really dangerous grapplers like Borg and Deval Shvili, and he struggled with those guys getting taken down, but Smolka is not that type of grappler, and he does have some nice submissions and tends to uh, be comfortable on fights on the ground, but I just think that we're going to see a very big positionally sound difference between Kenny and Smolka, like that Matt Schnell fight where Smolka got body locked, he got taken down was guillotined for a little bit, but then eventually ended up getting triangle choked. He just showed some very bad uh, fight IQ in that spot. He could have escaped that position a few times and gotten back to the feet, and his takedown defense just did not look very good at all. He was caught off position and got easily taken down and controlled. So that was a very worrisome performance from Smolka. And I think that Casey Kenny will probably do the same thing here. I think he'll he'll outstrike him on the feet with his uh, quick southpaw striking. He's got good boxing and really good body kicks as well. And I think that if Casey Kenny wants to, he should hit takedowns pretty easily. He hit a lot of takedowns in his LFA fights, and he has a pretty uh, deep arsenal of takedowns. And he's just very positionally sound on the ground. He can reverse you and stuff takedowns when he's on bottom. And when he's on top, he knows how to keep top position. He doesn't go for any dumb submissions, and he really focuses on just keeping sturdy position. So I think once this one gets to the floor, we'll see Casey Kenny uh, get some really dominant positions, side control, mount, back take, and uh, just handedly outgrapple Smolka and on the feet I think we'll see uh, Casey outstriking him pretty easily too so I understand that minus 300 price tag I do think it's justified I think Casey Kenny probably wins a pretty comfortable decision here and maybe even gets a, a submission along the way so the pick is Casey Kenny and I definitely think that uh, there could be some value on him at minus 300 but I'm not going to be rushing to bet him straight I think he's a pretty safe uh, parlay piece if you want to throw him in a parlay or something the next fight is in the Bantamweight division as well. We have Tim Elliott taking on Brandon Royval. The opening betting line for this one was Elliott minus 180, Royval plus 140. Right now we are seeing Elliott minus 165 to Royval plus 145. So line margins tightening up a little bit. There's two-way action coming in on this fight. I mean, Royval is a former LFA champ. He has some, some decent wins on his record. So I see why people are betting him a little bit here. 
And on paper, I think that Elliott's record doesn't look very good. He's had a lot of losses. He's like 2-8 and eight in his past 10 fights or something like that in the UFC. But if you look at the competition that he's fought, it's some of the best competition that he could have possibly ran into in the flyweight division. And he's really held his own, and he's still shown that he's a pretty competent fighter. Even in that fight versus Figueredo, he was outstriking Figueredo early before getting guillotined. He had some success versus Askarov in round 2 despite losing and getting dropped in round one of that fight so i think that he's still a very capable fighter i think that he is probably the better grappler over rival and uh, what we were talking about with the Casey Kenny fight, it really comes down to being positionally sound. And although Royval is pretty slick and, and tricky on the ground, he just doesn't have good positionally sound grappling. He likes to go for submissions off his back and submissions in transition. And he doesn't have that type of grappling style where he's going to take you down, hold you down, and systematically submit you. He kind of just submits you in chaotic situations. And Elliot likes to do that as well. So I'm expecting to see some crazy scrambles between these two. They're probably going to be um, gliding all over the mat it's going to be some really ex exciting transitions and scrambles between these two but I think that Elliot comes out on top of most of them is able to avoid any submissions from Royval and on the feet uh, Royval seems to have no real striking honestly he's got sloppy striking he fights really recklessly he is completely offensive minded he does not think about defense he does not try to avoid strikes and it seems like he really hasn't had his chin tested throughout his career so I'm not saying Elliot's going to be the one to like drop Royval or make him pay for having that sloppy striking defense but I do think Elliot could be landing strikes and has the better striking of the two so I guess the striking edge to Elliot and I give the slight grappling edge to Elliot as well so I think that Elliot at this price is playable honestly the only reason why I would be hesitant is because he does have that unreliable style where he tends to like to get in risky fights and uh, maybe even fight dumb and fight beneath his level at some point so I'm gonna pick Elliot to win a decision here um, not really rushing to bet him myself at the minus 165 price although I do think he wins this fight so the pick is going to be Elliot by decision next fight is in the light heavyweight division we have jamal hill taking on cletuson abreu the opening betting line for this one was hill the favorite at minus 175 to abreu plus 135 right now we are seeing hill minus 125 to abreu plus 105 so the early action actually came in on the favorite hill abreu went up to plus 155 160 and ever since then though Abreu has been getting steadily hit as a dog, and it seems like this is one of the more discussed fights of the week, and it seems like the majority of people I've seen are on Abreu. I'd say like 80% of people are picking or betting Abreu as an underdog, and I'm, I'm just not sure I quite see it yet. I think that plus 160, 155 definitely had value, but right now, once we got under plus 130 and where it's at now plus 105 I don't think there's any value left on Abreu and it seems like he has a clear path to victory it seems like Hill struggled with the takedowns of Stosic. Abreu has a black belt on the ground most of his wins are by submission and he should look to exploit that grappling weakness of Hill but I just don't think he's reliable enough to hit takedowns here. In his UFC career, he's only hit one takedown, I believe, uh, versus Sam Alvey, and it didn't even look that good. I mean, he shot a, 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 a takedown, he got a quick back take, and then he lost it right away. Alvey's turned around and ended up on top, so he didn't even get that much out of that takedown. And he definitely ran into some stiff competition in Gamzatov and Ankalaev. I don't really blame him for not trying to take those guys down. 
And in Abreu's pre-UFC fights, he definitely attempted a lot more takedowns. He seemed much more persistent and adamant about shooting early in round one. But I think he's really gotten more comfortable striking in his past few fights. He's starting to gain some confidence in his striking. And I see why. I mean, the guy's got some technique on the feet. He's a southpaw. He's got uh, some decent boxing, uh, a good left kick as well. And he possibly could give uh, Abreu some problem or give Hill some problems on the feet because although I do think Hill will be the better striker, the much more active guy and land more strikes, he does not have very good boxing defense and was caught by a lot of punches versus Stosic. So once Hill fights a really dangerous counter puncher, I definitely think that he could get knocked out. But I just do not think that Abreu is that guy. And on the feet, I'm going to give the the striking advantage to Hill because he's going to be throwing more volume. Those long straight punches, the the front kicks, the knees that he throws a lot, they should be landing here on Abreu. And Abreu should be looking to change levels. You know, time a takedown like Stosic did right when Hill's throwing that knee. You shoot the takedown and you get Hill down. But Hill did a good job of getting back to the feet. He did not play guard. He pushed off of Stosic's hips with his feet and got right back up to his feet a lot of the times he got taken down and I think that's what he does here if he gets taken down so even if Abreu takes Hill down I don't think it's like it's over right away a lot of people seem to think oh if Abreu hits one takedown it's completely over I just don't think that that's the case at all I think that Hill has a good chance of getting back to his feet I think he has a chance at avoiding the takedown at all by just keeping uh, Abreu at bay with his straight uh, straight strikes using that uh, that reach advantage to keep him that distance and this is a fight where the small cage could come into play because when hill uh, is fighting at his best i think he's using a lot of footwork and a lot of movement to avoid uh, the striking of his opponents and he could struggle with that here versus abreu in the small cage but hill has fought in the small cage before on the contender series he looked very good in that fight and I'm going against the grain, and I'm sticking with the favorite Hill here. I think that uh, Hill at minus 125 is playable. I just think that uh, Abreu won't be able to get the fight down to the floor that easily. If he does get it down to the floor, I don't think it's going to be a wrap right away. I think Hill has a good chance at winning two out of three rounds or getting back to his feet. And I think that Hill will pretty easily outvolume um, Abreu on the feet by just throwing and landing much more strikes. So the pick for me is actually going to be Hill by decision. I'll pick him 29-28. He might lose round one uh, getting taken down or something like that. But I do think he comes back, and uh, I'm actually confident in Hill to win this one. So I'm going against the green. A lot of people are picking Abreu in this one. But uh, from what I've seen on tape, I just I don't see it, and I think that Hill is the pick for me. The next fight is a catchweight bound at 150 pounds. We have Billy Quarantillo taking on Spike Carlisle. The opening betting line for this one was Quarantillo minus 170, Carlisle plus 130. Right now we are seeing Quarantillo minus 145 to Carlisle plus 125. So line margin is tightening up and actually more action is coming in on Carlisle, which surprises me, honestly. I think that this line could be a lot wider in favor of Billy Quarantillo. Back when Carlisle made his UFC debut a few months ago, I had a lot of questions about him. I was really unimpressed with what I saw from him on tape. He was shooting a lot of desperate takedowns. He got a few lucky wins, honestly, against really low-level competition. He was fighting bad fighters, and he was not really looking impressive over him. So I had a lot of questions about Carlisle. He did get that quick finish over Cruz. It was a nice head kick that led to a TKO. But I just don't think we really learned much about Carlisle in that fight. And I still think that there are a lot of questions around Carlisle. And 
In a lot of his pre-UFC fights, he seemed to be attempting takedowns, like he needed to get the fight to the floor. And then some of his fights, he looks like he's comfortable striking in like that Cruz fight where he landed the head kicks. So I don't really know what to make of Carlisle yet. He's still uh, a question mark in my mind. But I do think that Quarantillo has proved uh, a lot more than him. Uh, we've seen more tape of him. Uh, we've seen him look better against better competition. He looked really impressive in his UFC debut against Kilburn. I mean, Quarantillo tends to struggle with wrestlers who can put him on his back and keep him there. Uh, he did get taken down early versus Kirk on the Contender Series, but was able to get back to his feet and start to outstrike Kirk that eventually led to the knockout in the second round. And he just dominated Kilburn on the mat, though, in, in the second, in his uh, UFC fight. I mean, he uh, was mounting him, taking him down, landing good ground and pound, trying to go for submissions, and eventually got a, a mounted triangle finish in round two. So, Quarantilla looked improved on the mat, and I just do not think that I've seen anything from Carlisle to think that he can exploit that weakness of Quarantillo, put him on his back, and keep him there. So when this one's on the feet, I, I do favor Quarantillo as well. I just think he, he's shown more uh, consistent volume, he's shown more technique, and he's uh, outstruck better strikers than Carlisle has. So another huge concern about Carlisle is that he has had a fight at 150 pounds before and he gassed out really bad in it and he did still win the fight by decision but by the end of round one he had his hands on his knees huffing and puffing and he just does not have much experience at all going past round one he only has two or three fights that go past round one and he's lost one of them by decision and as the one I mentioned earlier he looked really bad and gassed out in so I think Quarantillo has much more experience in long fights he's got the better cardio pace pressure striking and i think that his grappling is good enough to avoid any desperate grappling attempts from spike carlisle so i don't think spike carlisle is any good yet i i've seen nothing to think he's a good fighter i might you know look uh, stupid here and be proven wrong and he might get another crazy finish of some sort but i think that uh, a knockout is really the only chance carlisle has at winning and i think that uh, billy q is playable up until minus 200 i think his chances of winning here are pretty high 65 70 percent chance so I will likely end up betting Quarantillo myself. I'm just waiting to get a good price on him. And it seems like action is steady coming in on Carlisle. So I might wait a few more days before locking in my action. But I will be playing Billy Q. And I think he wins by decision and might even get a finish here. So uh, once again, the pick is Billy Q. Sorry about some slight audio issues there. There's a lawnmower going on in the background. But I changed locations. So might sound a little different but we're moving on to the next fight which is in the women's flyweight division we have Caitlin Chukagin taking on Antonina Shevchenko the opening betting line for this one was Shevchenko minus 140 to Chukagin plus 100 right now we are seeing Shevchenko minus 135 to and plus 115 so more action coming in on Shevchenko's way and honestly I agree with it uh, there's definitely some two-way action coming in on this fight because I do think it has the potential to be a close striking fight where it could be a split decision uh, either fighter could get the win but I just think that Shevchenko does more damage with her strikes I think Chukagian has a bad habit of just throwing volume she doesn't really have any bad intentions on any of her strikes and I think that Shevchenko actually does some damage with her strikes. Uh, she's definitely the better clinch fighter too. Shevchenko has got a Muay Thai background and re really utilizes it well, throws good knees and elbows in the clinch, and she's improving her ground game too. 
She did get taken down two times by Pudilova last fight, but was able to threaten with submissions both times. She had a really deep armbar that probably would have tapped out most girls, but Pudilova stayed tough and escaped it. And then in round two, she was taken down again, but snatched a, a crafty rear naked choke in transition and was able to choke Pudilova out cold. So it was a nice win from Chevchenko. And even if you look at Chevchenko's previous fight against uh, Ji Yun Kim, I mean, that win looks really good right now because Kim is uh, beating some other good flyweights and Chevchenko easily outstruck Kim. So... I think my opinion of Chukagian has uh, decreased a little bit since she lost to Shevchenko, which, I mean, it wasn't a, a terrible loss because she was just so outmatched going in. I mean, she was a plus 800 underdog. It was expected for her to get dominated, but she just looked extra terrible versus Shevchenko in that fight. And now she's getting matched up with her sister, Antonina, who's also not an easy matchup. Uh, Shevchenko... Antonina Shevchenko definitely has a worse ground game than her sister Valentina and Chukagian I think is a brown belt on the ground and people think that she might uh, look to exploit that but when you look closely Chukagian has actually never landed a takedown in the UFC despite like 18 or 20 uh, takedown attempts she's never landed one so she doesn't really have any wrestling ability and outside of like a caught kick I don't see this fight getting to the ground at all so I think it stays in the feet where Shevchenko is just the more damaging and the more active striker I think that the, her strikes do more damage have a bigger impact on the judges and win her the scorecards here I do think it does go the distance as the minus 500 price tag indicates on the goes the distance line but I think that Shevchenko wins this fight by decision so her money line price minus 135 it's actually a pretty good price honestly i favor her in this matchup at around 60 65 percent so i think that there is some value left on shevchenko and anybody who was able to get that plus money on shevchenko i think the line did flip uh, early on in this one that's definitely a great bet so the pick for me once again is shevchenko by decision the next fight takes place in the women's strawweight division. We have Mackenzie Dern taking on Hannah Cyphers. The opening betting line for this one was Dern minus 245 to Cyphers plus 175. Right now, heavy action coming in on the favorite. We now see Dern minus 430 to Cyphers at plus 345. So I'll try to make this one quick. I think that Dern is a very unimpressive MMA fighter. She's obviously an ADCC champion in, in jiu-jitsu. She's one of the best female grapplers in the sport but she doesn't really have reliable wrestling to get the fight to the floor her striking is very ugly and sloppy and she's just a very uh inexperienced mma fighter now that being said i still think that she wins this fight very comfortably and it just comes mostly down to cyphers being so bad off of her back she got taken down with a foot sweep versus Angela Hill, stuck in side control, got mounted, and absolutely smashed with ground and pound. So if she can't escape Angela Hill's top game, there's absolutely no chance she escapes Mackenzie Dern's top game. Now, Cyphers does have a chance at completely avoiding getting taken down at all. She could just be on her bike the entire time trying to outstrike uh, Dern on the feet. She's definitely the more uh, comfortable striker and effective striker on the feet, but I think Dern could win the striking by just being aggressive and winging punches and coming forward like she typically does. So on the feet in this one, it'll be very close. I think I do give the edge to Cyphers just because she has the better technique. She's got more experience striking, and Dern striking is just so ugly, but it could still be effective in this type of fight so I think Mackenzie Dern finds a way to get the fight to the floor I think she'll get a trip takedown or some ugly sloppy takedown and eventually get top position and probably win once she gets top position whether it be a submission or a TKO 
I would be pretty shocked to see Dern get top position more than once and not get the finish, so I don't rate Dern's chance at getting a decision win very high at all. I think it's really Dern by finish or Cyphers by decision as the only outcomes here, so um, it's definitely dogger pass. No way you could be trusting uh, Mackenzie Dern because she just looks so bad and sloppy in her last fight versus Rebos. Now, I'll give her a little credit because Rebos, as we're learning, is one of the best uh, up-and-coming strawweights in the world, but it seems like Dern really has no idea how to get the fight to the floor sometimes her wrestling is really bad uh, striking is sloppy as i mentioned multiple times so Dern is just too inexperienced to be laying that minus 400 chalk although i do think that she wins this fight pretty easily so i'll go with uh, Dern first round submission as my pick the next fight takes place in the lightweight division we have brock weaver taking on roosevelt roberts the opening betting line for this one was roberts the favorite at minus 292 weaver plus 210 underdog Right now, we are seeing Roberts minus 335 to Weaver at the plus 275 price. So, even more action coming in on Roberts as the favorite. And I agree with this one. I think that where it's at now, it's probably dog or pass. But I think that Roberts should be minus 300 in this one. I think he deserves that price tag. I wasn't overly impressed with Weaver coming into the UFC, and then his UFC debut, he just looked absolutely horrible. I mean, he got leg kicked a bunch uh, by Vargas, he got outstruck for the first minute or two of that fight, then he got taken down, and he was totally stuck on bottom. He was getting leg laced by Vargas, he had no idea how to get off of his back, he was totally stuck against the cage, he attempted a guillotine attempt but failed. And it looked like he was on his way to getting out grappled for that entire fight before his opponent made a mistake, kneed him in the head illegally, and he ended up leaving that fight with a win. Super lucky win for Weaver. He was definitely on his way to losing that fight. But, I mean, the weaknesses that he showed in that fight, how he got stuck on bottom, how he got taken down versus Vargas... I just think that he's in for a nightmare matchup here versus Roberts because Roberts is the better grappler and the better striker. I mean, I've, we've seen Roberts hit takedowns before. We've seen him outgrapple a few guys in the UFC. He also has decent boxing, good straight punches, and I just think that uh, he, he will outstrike Weaver. He will likely hit takedowns at some point, start to outgrapple Weaver, might even get a submission at some point. So I just think that this fight favors Roberts no matter where it takes place, on the feet or on the mat. Uh, so I do agree with Roberts being a minus 300 here. I think it's probably dogger pass right now at this minus 335. It's getting a little too steep, and Roberts has has struggled before. I mean, he did get outgrappled by Vince Peichel. He gassed out a little bit after winning, winning round one of that fight and lost the, the latter two rounds. So it's possible that Roberts underperforms and allows Weaver to get his first UFC win, but I don't see it happening. The pick is going to be Roberts by decision. The next fight takes place in the welterweight division. We have Daniel Rodriguez taking on Gabriel Green. So this was that short notice replacement fight I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast. There's actually no current odds for this fight. Um, Green is obviously making his UFC debut. It's actually his first time fighting since August of 2018, so very long layoff. And in addition to the long layoff, he has fought most of his career at 155 pounds. So I expect him to be undersized here versus Rodriguez. He hasn't fought any good competition and he has not really looked anything impressive on the competition that he's beat. So I just have seen nothing from Green to think that he can win this fight. Rodriguez's last fight was a really fun fight versus Tim Means. He had a very competitive round one versus Means. Was probably losing the round before dropping Means with a left hand at the end of round one. And then 
in round two. He just started to pour it on Means, hurt him with left hands over and over again. Good combination punching from the southpaw stance and eventually was able to snatch a guillotine and get a submission. So it was a very impressive UFC debut from Rodriguez coming through as a big underdog in that fight. It's possible that the roles are reversed in this fight. It might be Rodriguez getting upset by a UFC newcomer on short notice uh, in this fight versus Green here, but I just don't see it. I have seen nothing from Green to think that he can beat Rodriguez. I think Rodriguez looks better everywhere. Although, although it is pretty low level, I wouldn't go betting Rodriguez too heavy. I do expect Rodriguez to be in the minus two, minus 300 range with Green coming back at around plus 200. So I don't see uh, any value betting this fight. I think Rodriguez Rodriguez should get the finish in this one, but it's a pass in terms of the betting window. I think it's a little too variable to be betting on it. The next fight is the co-main event of the evening. In the heavyweight division, we have Augusto Sakai taking on Blagoy Ivanov. The opening betting line for this one was Ivanov minus 140, Sakai plus 100. Right now, we are seeing a near pick with Sakai minus 115 to Ivanov minus 105. So, two-way action coming in on this fight. A little more action on Sakai's way, and I agree with it. I think that Sakai should be the favorite here, although I agree with the being in your pick I think that it's going to be a close fight. It's going to likely hit the scorecards, and it'll likely be a split decision or a very close decision, um, but I'm going to side with Sakai. I'm mostly picking Sakai in this one just because I think that he has the volume advantage. I think that he is a little more aggressive. He has a higher output in his fights, although we really haven't seen too much of him in the UFC. He had that fight against Orlovsky where he was actually outlanded by Orlovsky by like 20 or 30 strikes, but still ended up getting the scorecards. Uh, he knocked out Marcin Tabur at a very fast fight, and he actually knocked out Chase Sherman in round three. So he's got three wins, although those three wins weren't the most impressive. I think I, I've seen enough from Sakai to think that he can outstrike Ivanov here. Ivanov likes mix, mixing up those takedowns in his fight. He does come from a Sambo background, so he really does his best work when he can mix in takedowns, but I think he tends to waste his energy with those takedowns. Like in the Derek Lewis fight, he got two takedowns, was able to keep top position for a few minutes, but Lewis was able to explode back up to his feet and just bull rush at Ivanov and kind of erase the, the points that Ivanov racked up on the ground. So I think it, it would be wise for Ivanov to just completely avoid the grappling in this one and to just focus focus all his energy on striking because I mean he does have some pretty technical striking he's got good southpaw boxing and that's really all he does though is just box he's kind of a, a slow plodding fighter who tends to circle in a very predictable way so I just don't like what I've seen from Ivanov I think he's too predictable I think that Sakai will be able to use his uh, speed advantage and maybe slight cardio advantage in this one to outstrike Ivanov over the three rounds but like I was saying earlier, I do expect this one to be razor close. I think it could be a split decision. It could go either way on the scorecard. So I think the safest way to play this fight would be the fight goes the distance at minus 150. I think both are durable and both are a bit low output to the point where this one goes to the scorecards way more often than not. Like I think like 70% of the time it goes to the scorecards. So the chance that it doesn't go to the scorecards would probably be Sakai by knockout. So I see why people are bo betting both sides of this fight. It's going to be a pass in the money line aspect of things for me. Although if I had to choose one fighter to bet on, it would be Sakai. Um, so the goes the distance is probably the best value in this fight. And the pick is probably going to be Sakai by decision. 
Now the next fight is the main event of the evening in the welterweight division. We have Tyron Woodley taking on Gilbert Burns. The opening betting line for this one was Woodley the favorite at minus 145 to Burns plus 125 underdog. Right now we are seeing Woodley minus 175 to Burns plus 155. So more action coming in on the former champion Tyron Woodley. I totally understand Woodley being the favorite here. He has much more experience, especially at welterweight. He's the former welterweight champion. He's got a, a bigger name to him, but I just don't think you can be betting Woodley as a favorite at this stage of his career. And I'll be the first to admit, I was very wrong about Tyron Woodley over the past few years. I I guess I respected his skills a, a year and a half ago or something like that. I picked him against Kamaru Usman. I just didn't analyze that fight uh, objectively enough. And look at the skills and the, the, the weaknesses of Tyron Woodley. And it really showed because Kamaru Usman dominated that fight for 25 minutes, bell to bell, just took Tyron down, kept him down, beat him up on the ground, beat him up on the feet, just outclassed Tyron Woodley in every aspect of MMA. And a lot of analysts were predicting that to happen, and uh, I missed it. I did not analyze that fight objectively enough, and I learned my lesson. And ever since then, I really learned about how uh, weak of a fighter Tyron Woodley is. I mean, he constantly backs himself up against the fence. He does not throw a lot of volume. He kind of sits and waits and counter punches and looks to stuff takedowns. He's just not a very offensively minded fighter. And when he comes out and he's aggressive and he looks to land that powerful right hand of his like he did against Robbie Lawler, he's dangerous. And that's why he knocked out Lawler in round one. And I think that, to be honest, that's his best strategy here versus Burns is to come out aggressive, look to land that right hand, and look to touch the chin of Burns, maybe uh, look to... To uh, exploit that that chin that's been knocked out before, uh, Burns did get rocked, dropped, and finished by uh, Dan Hooker not that long ago. So it's definitely possible that Tyron Woodley can touch the chin and can put Gilbert Burns out. But besides the knockout, I have a hard time seeing how Tyron Woodley wins this fight because. In the volume aspect of things, I favor Gilbert Burns, and in the grappling, I also favor Gilbert Burns. It doesn't matter that Gilbert Burns was at one point a lightweight and Tyron Woodley does have great takedown defense. I think if this fight gets to the floor, we will see Gilbert Burns out grappling Tyron Woodley. And I don't think it's likely that uh, Burns attempts a lot of takedowns because Woodley does have notoriously very good takedown defense. He's a former wrestler himself and he's not easy to out grapple, but he might see the success that Kamara Usman had taken uh, Woodley down and look to replicate that success himself. But the way I think that uh, Gilbert Burns wins this fight is by outstriking uh, Woodley on the feet with volume. He's going to be looking to land his calf kick, looking to land his punches, and we've actually really seen Gilbert Burns uh, improve as a pressure fighter in his past few fights. I mean, he came out aggressive versus Konchenko, landed two takedowns in the first two rounds of that fight, won the two rounds in the, in the decision. He had a, a closer fight with Gunnar Nelson, where he was able to land some uh, some key strikes and big takedowns and win the last two rounds of that fight, and he just looked very comfortable at welterweight. He was able to avoid the takedown and the uh, the dominant grappling position from Damian Maya. Did get taken down at one point, but just exploded with uh, incredible technique and precision, and was able to left hook knock out Damian Maya seconds later. So. Damian Maya has adjusted to the welterweight move very smoothly. It looks like he's fought at this weight class his entire career. And I think this is a very good matchup for him against Woodley. Now, 
as much as I would like to confidently pick Gilbert Burns, because I'm a huge fan of Burns, and I've definitely become a more of a skeptic of Tyron Woodley and not a fan of him, I would love to confidently pick Burns in this fight, but I can't do that. I think that I have to lean Gilbert Burns, and I definitely think the betting value is on Gilbert Burns, but I'm not uh, supremely confident in just picking him straight out, because I think that Tyron Woodley's uh, explosive power can give uh, Burns problems on the feet. His takedown defense could maybe tire uh, Burns out, and Burns has shown some questionable cardio in round three. He expended a lot of energy early versus Alexei Kanchenko and gassed out in round three and lost that round of that fight, and he did look a little bit better in round three versus Gunnar Nelson, was able to win the second half of that fight in rounds two and three, but I still think his cardio was a bit uh, questionable, and we have not seen Gilbert Burns fight the full five rounds yet, so He's a bit of a question mark when it comes to the cardio and, and when it comes to the five-round experience. So this is definitely Gilbert Burns' toughest test of his career. Uh, definitely a huge step up in competition, but I think it's coming at the right time. Uh, Woodley's coming off that long layoff. He's 38 years old. He's got a very... Uh, athletically reliant style where he's reliant on explosive power and uh, being durable and I think that that durability that athleticism is fading and I think that it could be the right time for Gilbert Burns to pull off this upset here against Woodley so the pick for me is going to be Burns I'm actually going to go with Burns by decision not a very likely pick because uh, I think the goes the distance in this one is actually uh, yeah plus 150 plus 160 uh, some places so it's it's not likely that the fight goes to the decision in in according to the odds but i think it actually does go to the decision and we see burns win three maybe four rounds off of woodley and he wins this one by decision so not the most confident pick from me it's a hard fight to break down because because of tyron woodley's style honestly the guy has a very uh low output unpredictable style and it's kind of hard to predict his fight sometimes especially coming off of this long layoff especially coming off the most devastating loss of his career versus Usman we have no idea if he's going to be tentative or he's going to be aggressive looking to prove a point and get back in the swing of things it's it's really hard to predict this fight so I'm siding with Gilbert Burns in the betting window I don't think it's hard to predict at all I think put your put your money on Gilbert Burns is the way to go in this one because you just can't be trusting uh, Tyron Woodley at minus 175 at this point in his career so once again not the most confident pick but burns by decision is going to be the pick and uh have not locked in too many bets for this uh this card i definitely like next week's card a lot better but the bets i will probably end up making are jamal hill money line billy quarantino money line uh and lastly gilbert burns money line already have one unit on gilbert burns plus 156 and uh, we'll maybe look to add more if the public action continues to pour in on Woodley. So that is going to do it for this episode of Martian MMA. This has been episode 99. We will be back next week with episode 100 for UFC 250. Hope you all enjoyed the card this weekend. Thank you all for listening and enjoy the fights this week.